What is the best VeggieTales silly song with Larry? Miren el pepino, bien como se mueve, como un león. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 124 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in the church. My name is Jessica Morris. I am an Australian music journalist, and I'm so glad to be back with you this week after I had a week off due to COVID. I am not 100% better yet, but I'm definitely on the improve. Uh, all things considered, it was a relatively uh, mild case of COVID, um, and I think I was, I was pretty fortunate to get it about two and a half years in. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that in Australia or Victoria, the state where I live, uh, we had quite a few lockdowns and isolation periods over the last few years, which were really tough. But I think it also speaks about the fact that I am probably a very big introvert and don't go out a super amount of times. So there's an insight into me in podcasting. In any case... I caught COVID. If I sound a bit croaky today, you know why, but I'm fine. Um, thank you for your thoughts and prayers and patience in the meantime. Now, thank you so much to everyone who listened to the episode with Sherry Kigi. Isn't she amazing? Just what a story. What an authentic heart. Just love her. It's always just such an honour when we get to speak to people who've been in the Christian music industry for a long time, um, just because there's such... They've seen and heard so much, and yet they still choose to share their story. Uh, that feels really important and something that I really respect because that takes it takes a bit of sacrifice, I think. Um, so thank you again, Sherry. Now, before we move into this week's episode with an upcoming artist that I think you'll love called Sean B., we did have some friends receive nominations for the Dove Awards. And now if you haven't heard of the Dove Awards, I don't know why you're, you're listening to this podcast. I'm happy to fill you in, but the Dove Awards is like the equivalent of the Christian music Grammys. It's not the Grammys. Let's be clear. It's not the Grammys. There's a there's a category for that. But it's it's like all the Christian artists who come under Christian labels and I don't know, they, they all walk a red carpet and, and we celebrate Christian music and people sing and just, you know, just your standard music awards, but for Christian musicians, which naturally means that we have a lot of friends who attend or who know people who go uh, because uh, a lot of you who listen are part of the industry um, or are interested in, in the industry or people who make music in it. It's a very broad way of saying there's a Christian music awards show going on. Anyway, we had some friends receive nominations and as always, it's important that I point out People do amazing work even if they don't receive nominations. The Christian music industry is very weird in the sense that, like any business, there will be people who are celebrated and people who aren't. People will be called on trend for one season and not for another season for multiple reasons. So we are so excited for the friends that we had who received nominations for the Dove Awards this year. We are so, so proud, and I will actually be on the red carpet for the Dove Awards this year doing media stuff. Not actually on the red. Can you imagine? No. No, I'm just, you know, doing a journalist thing. Um, so hopefully we'll get to chat to a few friends there. But we did have some friends receive nominations. 
So congrats, Art Song of the Year, a very popular category. Um, our friend and the OG between you and me, singer David Crowder, uh, received a nomination for Good God Almighty. Honestly, it's just still flawed about how you were a guest on my first episode, but we'll take it. Thank you. Um, also, it's worth noting that Maverick City Music have been nominated for the song Gyra, which is awesome. Uh, now, obviously, our friend Brandon Lake is a part of Maverick City. He isn't one of the writers of that song, uh, but a hat tip to him and his crew for doing that. Also, phenomenally, uh, our friend Tasha Layton has been nominated for Song of the Year with Look What You've Done, an amazing amazing song that just matches her stellar vocals uh she co-wrote that with multiple people including matthew west and her husband keith everett smith who we also love so congratulations team Leighton slash smith i don't know what your family name is but we're going with it i'm so so happy for you our songwriter of the year received multiple nominations no females which feels weird oh no no one female and wilson I love that. Go Anne. I don't know her. Can we please see more females or more gender diversity in future years, Dove Awards? Please and thank you. In the meantime, congratulations, Anne Wilson. And there's another Song of the Year nomination, Rattle, uh, which is co-written by Brandon Lake. Uh, That's Elevation Worship slash Maverick City Music, all of those crew. Congrats, guys. But in terms of people that we know, Songwriter of the Year, unsurprisingly Brandon Lake has been nominated again I think I'm pretty sure that Brandon took out everything last year okay don't quote me on that he didn't but it feels like that but deservedly so Brandon is a phenomenal musician and a great human Uh, so congratulations on nomination for songwriter of the year Brandon now when it comes to artist of the year uh, we have Maverick City Music and obviously Brandon Lake Again, um, now I don't personally know anyone else on this category, although it's worth giving a shout out to For King and Country, as per usual, the nomination, an amazing album that they just released, but half Aussie. Um, also Doe, who I don't know, but I listened to her music and it was awesome. So that's really exciting. We have a couple of friends who have been nominated for Rock Contemporary Recorded Song of the Year. One is Citizens, who we actually only spoke to a a few episodes back, but their song Altogether Good Live, um, which was written by Zach and Brian Elchelberger, uh, has been nominated, uh, as well as Crowder. Congratulations, Crowder, you're back. Uh, Higher Power, the song featuring Holvey. Now, in terms of inspirational recorded song of the year, uh, we have a few friends who are a part of the Faithful Women's Collective uh, who have been penning songs based on women in the Bible and releasing them as sort of as a book and an album collaboration with multiple authors and scholars. Um, the single A Woman Live, sorry, A Woman, I sound so Australian, that has, was actually sung by Amy Grant and our friend Ellie Holcomb and that has been nominated for Song of the Year, which is epic. Uh, It's also worth noting that Southern Gospel recorded Song of the Year. The Gay The Vocal Band have been nominated for the song My Feet Are On The Rock. Now, I don't know if this is the Abby Parker that we know, but the Abby Parker who was formerly of I Am They and who spoke to us looks like she is on the songwriting credits for Southern Gospel recorded Song of the Year. So if that's you, Abby, if that's our Abby Parker, our friends, congrats. If it's not other Abby Parker, amazing work. Don't know if you ever thought you'd be nominated for Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year at the Doves, but here you are. Oh, interestingly, as you can tell, I'm literally going through the list. Bluegrass Country Roots Recorded Song of the Year. 
Carrie Underwood has been nominated for all as well. But did you know that was co-written by Michael W. Smith? Look at that crossover. Smithy does it all the time. Another Maverick City shout-out and hat tip to Brandon Lake, Gospel Worship Recorded Song of the Year for Breeze. They also received a nomination for Spanish Language Recorded Song of the Year for... Okay, the Spanish word for Jubilee. I can't say it. I'm so, so sorry. No, I'm not even going to try. I'm sorry. Uh, But congrats. Okay, that looks like that's uh, the bulk of our friends this year who have been nominated. If I've missed anyone, I'm so sorry. I will see you on the red carpet and celebrate you and probably squeal. Congratulations. Um, Congrats to all our friends who have been nominated. We are just excited that being nominated means that you've been publicly recognised for your devotion to your craft, for your devotion to cultivating authentic, genuine relationships, for living with integrity, all of those things. Um, And so congrats. Congrats, friends. Some of you have been part of Christian music for a long time. Some have left and come back. Some are just new to the scene. Um, We're so proud of you. And we're so proud of all our friends, whether they receive nominations or not, because they choose to live with integrity um and that's well that, that's that's like the that's the standard I, tr- I try to choose podcast guests based on that how do i find out what these people are like behind the scenes we do our best not perfect but i do my absolute best for you all right after that slightly long-winded scroll through the dove award nominations are you ready for a new guest and a new artist to add to all your playlists i'm talking about sean b that's b e B. Sean is originally from Denver, Colorado, which is like, was Christian Music City, even though that's now Nashville. So, I mean, Sean has now moved to Nashville. Um, But the fun thing about Sean is that one, he creates really fun, high energetic music. It's good Christian music. Number two, Sean was originally a children's pastor. So I was like, how does this guy who was originally a PK, a pastor's kid, uh, cultivate an authentic face, his own ministry, and choose to have a music career, but still love being like in children's ministry. Because it feels like you choose one or the other, right? It sort of feels like if you're going to have be like a really cool artist, you have to ditch the children's ministry thing. But no, Sean is proving that you can be both. You can be like a well-rounded human and a family person. And like he sang on his church's EP for their latest kids release in the last months. And he's releasing his own solo music because of course you can do that. Like, why not? I'm going to introduce you to Sean. Enjoy this conversation. You're going to hear some of his music through this. So you get a real taste of who this guy is. We talk about some real honest struggles. We talk about authenticity and we talk about the best silly song with Larry on VeggieTales because you know that I'm here for the hardcore, hard hitting journalism. Here's a short bio, the who, what, when, where, why, and then we'll get straight into it. This is Sean B. When it comes to breaking into Christian music, hip-hop artist Sean B has it all. Catchy hooks, honest lyrics, high energy, and a healthy appreciation for VeggieTales. That's right, this now Nashville-based musician originally came from Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, where he was a youth leader and a children's pastor. But while that fuels his passion for the younger generation, the slick sounds of his latest single, Step Into My Story, show that he is a fortitude that will cross age barriers. Now, growing up as a pastor's kid in America's Bible Belt, Sean was familiar with the platform from a very young age. Can anyone else relate? Taking his faith on for his own, he always had a passion for music, but more often than not, it would come out in kids' church and he would spend hours at on Sundays and weekend camps and day camps choreographing and writing songs for the younger generation. Amazing and hilarious. 
But with a hunch that he was meant for a wider audience, he took a leap of faith in 2019 and he independently recorded and released his debut single, Infinity. Now, the single's audience of one and wonderful followed the same year, and he also appeared as a guest artist on J True Soldier for Christ's album 12912. Now, once he released the high-energy collab Jericho with artist Transform, he found his niche and got traction. The single was number one on the Christian Music Weekly's rhythmic charts for 13 consecutive weeks. Then COVID hit. Ta-da! Everyone was on pause, including the music industry, but Sean continued to release music. The single Brand New and I Will Follows. And that's when he was signed. His debut EP came out in 2020 to come this far and came out on We Rock Entertainment. And he began to pick up tour dates. Praise God, touring came back again. Over the next couple of years, Sean would perform at Life Fest, Hope Fest, Elevation Fest and Faith Fest. We need more original festival names. Just saying. Sean would also open for, this is huge, Michael W. Smith for King Country, KB and Kane. How is that for a resume? Now, making the move to Nashville with his young family, Sean took up a job at Rolling Hills Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee, and he chose to navigate his burgeoning music career by actually living closer to the centre of Christian music. Smart. So come 2021, Sean was ready to make his mark on Christian music. And with the release of his single Here Tonight, he found another hit. It was a top 20 CHR hit. And meanwhile, an as yet unreleased song, More Than Conquerors, is actually currently slated to be in an upcoming film, The Good Fight, which is already recorded a video for. After more collaborations and on the back of his most successful summer to date, Sean has released his own anthem, Tackling Pride. Called Step Into My Story, it's a bold, honest and evocative prayer asking God to remove pride from Sean's heart and mind. Ultimately, this is reflecting Sean's desire that his life and career glorify God, not just himself. And isn't it cool that he's addressing this early on in his career when he's already having success? I spoke to Sean about why he chose to pursue Christian music, what it means to wrestle with pride when you grow up in the church. And he tells me what the best silly song with Larry is definitively. We don't argue, but I have a different opinion. Just saying, friends, meet the new friend, a member of the Between You and Me family. This is Sean B. Sean B, can you please introduce yourself to the Between You and Me family? Yeah, so my name is Sean B. I am a Christian pop artist out of Franklin, Tennessee. I'm super happy to be on the Between You and Me podcast today. Um, and, uh, you know, just happy to be in this season that God has me in. Um, it's been quite the journey to get to this point. And it's been one of those journeys where it's just, you know, you look at the things that have happened and you realize I could not have done this by myself. This has been 100% God. And, you know, I'm just thankful to be along for the ride. Yeah, I love it. So this is a very broad question, but can you tell me your story and how you got to this point? Because I know that you're a church kid, you've always loved music, you've worked with kids' church a lot, which makes you unique, and you just moved to Nashville. So there's a lot (laughs) there. Can you take me to how you got to this point, living in Nashville, releasing your own music? Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, the the influence in music, it started early. Um, you know, very young. I grew up in church. Uh, my grandpa is a pastor. And so I just grew up, you know, I always tell people the, you know, the old joke is when you grow up in church, it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, you know, Saturday morning outreach, just like it's, it's all days of the week. It's always happening. And so I grew up around that a lot. And the biggest, um, 
influence and the biggest thing that inspired me there in the church was the worship team. And, um, you know, the worship team, it, it was just very much that, like that lively, energetic, you know, jump around, dance around. And, you know, being real little, I saw so many people were just filled with joy, um, through the music that was bring, you know, being put out. And so I think it hit me from that early of an age of like, man, when we, when we, listen to this kind of music and we sing this kind of music, you know, like something, something takes over, something happens and people, you know, are happy and there's just joy that's, that's spread around the room. And so, you know, that, that caught me from an early age. I remember, you know, listening to, uh, you know, guys like, like Toby Mac growing up and just kind of like, you know, that he had that same style of music that was just like joy filled, made you move. And so that, that thing became kind of a trend, that feeling of joy, you know, being wrapped up in music. And so, you know, growing up in church, I, uh, like you said, I, I was a children's pastor. And, um, when I, the first time that I got kind of, um, put into kids ministry, um, I was, I was maybe 14 or 15 years old. And, um, you're probably familiar with this term. We call it being voluntold in church, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, So my, uh, my grandpa, he voluntold me one morning, you know, it's, it's Monday morning and it's summertime. So he knocks on the door and wakes me up. He says, Hey grandson, what are you doing? What are you doing today? And, um, you know, it's about seven in the morning. And so I'm like, I'm sleeping grandpa. Um, and, uh, and he's like, okay, well, uh, get dressed. You're going to come and run vacation Bible school with me. And, you know, vacation Bible school is like the kids camp of the year at church and stuff. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect because I had attended as a kid before. And so in my head now as you know, a 14, 15 year old, I'm like, oh, I'm too old for that. No, that's, you know, I don't want to do that. But I, it didn't register to me that, you know, leadership at VBS was going to be a completely different experience than attending as a kid. You know, I'm thinking that I'm going to, you know, be like, you know, do the dances, play the games and just kind of like be there. But, but there was something different about being trusted to be in that leadership position of like, you know, these kids look up to you. And, um, one of the biggest things for me was that we were, uh, we were an inner city church. And so it really being around the kids and kind of hearing their stories really opened my eyes to like, you know, wow, that's crazy at, at that at that age in my life, I had thought, you know, every kid grew up knowing God and every kid grew up going to church. And, you know, I came to realize that, oh, wow, a lot of these kids didn't. And um, first of all, like what, what a blessing, you know, what a blessing for me that it was to be able to grow up in, in a God loving home and, and a family that brought me to church and Vaughn told me to do things. And, you know, but, but the other piece of it was like, because you were blessed with that, you have a responsibility to, you know, be the person for these kids that, you know, that they might need. And, um, you know, you, you have to be there for them because, you know, they, they need that same positive influence, that same positive person in their life. And so that was my first experience with that. And so, so VBS just kind of like took off and really evolved over my career as a children's pastor. You know, when I was finally old enough, I stepped into that position and like my, debut VBS as a children's pastor. It's it's hilarious that you're in Australia because I actually, I played this Australian explorer character named Wooloo Mooloo. Amazing. um, Is there footage of this anywhere for me to see? No, we got, no. (laughs) You burned (laughs) it. You burned it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we went all in like with the, the vest, you know, just like that, like the brown leather vest and, you know, coming out like, what's up kid venture? Like we (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. It was, it was so, it was so funny, but it was like, like a safari explorer going, like leading the kids to find these weird animals. And like, um, <laughs> and so it was, th- it was things like that, that like, you know, when you're, when you're in kids ministry like that and you're in church, you have to just like forget all you just have to be completely humble. There can't be any pride in it whatsoever because you got to put yourself on the line for those kids, you know. <laughs> and they can be brutal. Yes, <laughs> they, they can. And it it became a thing. I, I I think I did it for like one or two years, and then um and then some of the people that I was uh, raising up started to take over the skit part of it, and um a lot of the kids were like, "Where'd Wulu Mulu go? Where's Wulu Mulu?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, he." He went back to Australia. Like, it's nice. I'm like, he would have, he died. Yeah. <laughs> slow and painful death to kangaroos. Yeah. yeah. Depend, depending on the kid. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, that's probably a more, know, it's a more yeah, teenager response. Know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's probably one of the, the funnier experiences that, that I don't really share very often, but it was so fitting because of where you are and everything. Yes. I was like, oh, that really, that really just works. Ha <laughs> ha. God, I feel like you're here tonight, so we just want to celebrate. I woke up with this feeling you're about to move. All right, all right. Now here we are, it's just me and you. Where we going now? See, I've been looking, and I think I'm about to find what I've been looking for. Break it down one time for Join like I can't describe this high, but when my mind is so alive, like, no, I ain't nothing in life I can't deny. Those times, you know, those those times in that children's pastor position and the times, like I said, putting yourself all out on the line for the kids and stuff like that, um, those things are just such a blessing. And it was really cool. And during that whole time, I had always wanted to do music and it was something, you know, I, I was writing on the side, I was making songs, I was, you know, trying to piece projects together. And for some reason, things just never worked out to, you know, happen the way that I wanted them to. Um, but the reason that I knew that it was a calling was because no matter how many times things didn't work out, God never let my passion die. He just somehow refueled me and I never at any point was like, okay, this isn't for me. You know, it was just always like, oh man, that was tough. Well, maybe next time I can do this differently. And, you know, just like, what, what did we take away? So, so somehow, and that's why I say it's God, because if it was on my own strength, my own power, my, my passion would have died after the first time. And so, you know, you, you, you have that passion for music and you can kind of carry that through. And, um, it was kind of cool to see the two things, you know, the, the music and the ministry work together because, um, God used each one to fuel each other. And, um, you know, now that I look back, I see like, you know, God still used me in a season and, you know, he used me to reach kids to impact, you know, another generation. And it was one of those cool things where I got to, you know, serve him in that way. 
And then he op- when he opened the doors for music, now I'm able to serve him in this new way. Um, so nothing changes as far as I'm still serving him. It's just, you know, the method of which it's happening is now different. Um, <clears throat> so that's really cool. Um, how, how we got into that was about um, eight, nine months ago, maybe, um, I... I was just kind of praying for something more. Like I had been feeling this stirring in my heart. My wife and I, we had both been feeling this of that. Um, we knew something was next. We knew that there was another, a next move for us, a next step for us. Um, we just knew that the season that we were in was coming to an end and we knew that there was going to be something different. We didn't know what it was though. And a friend of mine was like, Hey bro, you should come out and, you know, visit Tennessee. I want to, I want to show your song that you just put out. I want to show it to a friend and, you know, just see what he thinks. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool, man. I'd I'd love to get out there. So I come out here to visit and, um, the friend that, the friend that my friend was talking about was the uh, owner of a uh, entertainment company called We Rock Entertainment, and they do um, artist management. And so I come out, and you know, he sits me down with a couple of different of their people, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, like, so you like really wanted to show it to some? Like, you weren't just like, oh, hey, check this out. Like, you really wanted to show it to somebody. And so, um, you know." I came out here when I came out here, you know, there was, there was some big things that I prayed. Um, I, I prayed like kind of like this three-step prayer, um, because I knew that I was coming out here for something. And so, you know, the first thing that I prayed was, and I, I still, I, I still pray this prayer before every concert, before every interview, before, you know, everything public that we do. Um, I still pray this prayer is, you know, the, the, the first piece of it is I pray God go before me and go before me, meaning, you know, prepare the way um, that let the people that need to hear this be there to hear this, you know, let the hearts that, you know, need to need to have this word be softened to receive this word and, you know, kind of prepare the way, you know, for what's about to happen. So, so God go before me and then God be with me. And so that's, you know, speak through me, sing through me, move through me, you know, just shine through me. Let people see you when they see me, you know, let, let me be a reflection and, and represent you. Let me be Christ-like, you know, let me love people, not just on stage or, you know, on camera, but even in how we interact with people backstage and before the cameras are on and those kind of things like, you know, let me be the example that I talk about being, you know? Um, and then, and then the last piece of it is stay after me. And, you know, when this is all said and done, let it leave an impact. And you remain in that place. You remain with the listener, you remain in the heart. And, um, so that was a big piece of what I prayed when I came out here and, um, you know, God just moved, all kinds of mountains when, when I came out here and, you know, just made things happen, you know, very quickly and just beyond what I could have thought that they would be. And I called my wife, uh, the, it was the first or second night that I was out here and I had had meetings with We Rock and, you know, they were showing interest and I was super interested. And so I, I, you know, I called her and I said, Hey, there, there may be an opportunity for us to do this music at the next level and really, you know, start to be taken seriously and do this professionally. Um, but there's a catch. We would have to move. We'd have to leave our homes, our, our family in Colorado, and we would have to move out to Tennessee. And as I'm telling her that I'm worried that she's going to be hesitant and say like, Oh, I don't know. Um, the first thing that she responds with is, okay, I'll start packing just like so happy and so pumped about it. And I'm like, Whoa, that was crazy. And so for, for me in that moment to see how strong 
her faith was, to know that we had both been feeling that stirring and to know that she did not hesitate. You know, when I shared that experience with her, when I shared that, that feeling with her and the opportunities that were opening up, she didn't hesitate. She was just like, okay, well, we know that God has something next for us. And if, you know, and I believe this is what it is. And so uh, it was like, you know, probably by about a month after that, we were out here. We were packed up, moved, and and we were here. Um, and yeah, and so and so it's just been beyond expectation since that point. You know, we're um, just just been blessed to you know put out some songs and just get some other things ready to go. And there's a lot of really cool stuff in the works that, uh, like I said at the beginning of this, is just is beyond me. It's it's uh, you know God is the only explanation for that. Amen. Look, they think I'm going crazy. Something about me changing. Only way to explain it. I found what my soul craving. You spoke, I woke again. Took my heart and put the beat back in. Gave my world a 180 spin. And I can't believe I didn't see back then that ooh, you had the best for me. Saw deeper than I pretend to be. Show me I can lose a darling in the end. Still have everything. And I realize I got a little bit of ways to go. But I'ma hold the pace if you don't wanna race the tour. I'm facing forward and never looking back no more. Well, thank you, Lord. Yeah, no, I'm so encouraged by how it's it's so clear that you've been on this journey for a long, long time. And yes. in the last give or take 12 months, it's like not that God sped things up, but you're starting to see like the physical fruit <laughs> of, of yes. the spiritual in your life. And it makes yeah. me, I'm so excited for you and your wife. I think that's amazing. Oh, and I love the courage that you have. But it, how you talked at the start about the continual trying and it not working but still having that passion, I resonate with that so much. And it takes an awful lot to keep going and yes. um, to continue to pivot yourself towards God rather than making the idea the <laughs> idol or yourself like the yeah. let me fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I am so thrilled for you. And um, I'm so glad that you guys made the very brave decision to move to Nashville. It's great. But I, it's such a big step. And um, yes. I am so excited for you. Like God, God's oh, like, I'm going you. big. <laughs> Let's yeah. just do it. It's great. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, so your latest single is Step Into My Story. Yeah. Can you tell me about the song and why it's so personal to you? Yeah, definitely. So um, first of all, the the making of that song was just really cool. That's that's where you know, the question of, or the answer to why it's so personal, it starts right from the beginning of the making of that song. Um, there's a, a great writer out here. His name's Tony Wood. He's very accomplished, written, you know, a ton of great hits and just, um, very, very, very good. When I came out into, when I came out to town, um, uh, one of the, one of the people on, uh, We Rock, they were, you know, knew him from just kind of past, um, career stuff. And, and so they had reached out to him like, Hey, you know, we, we have this new artist. Would you be interested in coming in and sitting down and writing? And, and I knew who he was. And so I'm thinking like, 
that dude, he don't, he don't want anything to do with me. Like I'm, I'm the, the new artist in town. Like now he's, he's writing hits. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to write with me. And, uh, so when they told me about it, I'm like, yeah, that, that would be awesome if he'd go for it. It'd be cool. Let's, let's take a shot. And so, uh, you know, obviously long story short, he did, he came in and he sat down and, and wrote. And, um, not only did he come and sit down and write with me, but you know, he also, you know, did his homework too. He had heard the previous songs that I put out and he quoted me a couple of lines from the songs that I wrote. And, um, I was just like, dude, you are awesome. Like you're like, your heart is you you could be acting like a, you know, like a big deal, like a hot shot. And he just, he just had the most humble heart. And, um, he really, he taught me a lot about not only about writing, but also about, you know, how to carry yourself and just what, what a true humble heart looks like. And so I thought that that was really cool. And so I got to do a co-write with him. It was actually, um, my first co-write, which I didn't admit at the time, but now the song's out. And so I can, you know, I can admit that now. It's a good co-write. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was my first co-write and it was the first song that I wrote out of Tennessee since I had moved here. And, um, so from the making side of it that, you know, it's very personal and has like a deep place for me there. Um, but from the message, we wanted to point out two, two very big things. And when people ask me what this song is about, I say it is a song of surrender to God's will and God's way. And it is a song of declaration of belief in God's purpose in our life. And so those two things, we really wanted to capture that. Um, the surrender part is just, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier about how when things don't really go our way, when things knock us down, we just like act like we have to fix it on our own. Like, no, no, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to make this work. And, and I carried that attitude for a long time. I carried a chip on my shoulder. I carried that whole like mentality of, Oh, I'm going to prove it to somebody. Like, I didn't even know who I was proving it to. I just felt like I had to prove it to somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you, you kind of get that attitude when things, um, you know, sometimes things don't work out and it's like, you're, you're running your head into the wall and you're thinking like, okay, this time, okay, this time, you know, it, it's, and so it, when you try to do things on your own strength in your own way, you think that you know best and obviously you don't know best, but it's, it's one of those things where the more you try, the worse it gets because you keep telling yourself, I can fix this. I can fix this. And then you don't fix it. And then you get upset with yourself and you get upset with the people around you and you're blaming other people, you're blaming yourself, you're mad at everybody. And it's just one of those things that the more times you try, the worse that it gets. And it's, it's not until we surrender that will, it's not until we surrender that power and you know that, hey, I have the way that I planned my life. And then there's the way that my life is actually going to go. And the way that my life is actually going to go is according to God's plan. So I can keep trying to run through the wall or I can surrender to God's will and let him knock the wall down so that I can just walk through, you know, and, and in some cases it's different. He'll knock the wall down. He'll give you the strength to break through the wall. He'll pick you up and just, you know, lift you over the wall. But, you know, God's way of doing things is better. And so that's, that's the surrender part is that we wanted to surrender to like, Hey God, my way made a mess of things. I need you to step in and make sense of all of this. And then the declaration of belief in God's purpose part. Um, that is my favorite part of the song. It's the bridge of the song that says, we didn't come this far. Um, you know, so it's talking, it says, we didn't come this far just to come this far. And that is the, the belief in God's purpose because, um, 
basically what's that saying is that God did not allow us to go through the things that we went through for no reason. If we do the first part, which is surrender over to God's will, God then gives purpose to not only everything that we're going to do, but he backs, he backs up and gives purpose to everything that we've been through. And so, yeah. And so, so without, you know, without God in your life, the things that you've been through are just things that you've been through. And if you've had victories, great. And if you've had, you know, falls, then they hurt and they're bad memories. But with God in your life, he gives purpose to what you've been through. And he even uses the hurt and the pain. He transforms that into lessons for you to grow. But not only that, because, you know, I want to sidetrack real quick. Like your story is not just about you. You know, your story is not just for you. Your story is for the glory of God. And so your story is going to impact other people's stories. And so when God repurposes your past, he allows you to use those lessons to, you know, help somebody else that is in a stage, you know, two or three stages before you, you know, who's about to go through something that you've been through, or they're in the middle of the storm that you went through. And so now your story has purpose because you can reach back and say, Hey, I've been where you are. Look what God has done for me. And now all of a sudden, you know, if, if my past hurts are helping save a couple people from a couple heartaches, and it's helping them avoid that, then my past mistakes now have purpose. And they don't have to be things that I carry shame or guilt about because I know that God's forgiven me, but not only has he forgiven me, he's actually used what I've done for his glory. Even though it's not good, he's transformed it and made the purpose and the outcome of it good. And, um, and so that, that's like the biggest, and I know I got, I went like super deep right there. Um, but that's, uh, but, but, but that's the biggest part, the most important part of the song to me. Um, you know, we did not come this far just to come this far. so glad you shared that because so much of what you said I resonated with about the whole like trying to run through a brick wall so I I, yes. yeah. I I resonated with that and I and the sense of hopefulness not like unrealistic ex- expectation but the hopefulness and the knowledge that God will work things for good that he can that's right I love it repurpose your past I want to remember yeah. that that's very that's so well done um <laughs> thank you for sharing that I yeah yeah and that's so timely for me, but I also think for a lot of people in Nashville, I think there are going to be a lot yes. of a lot of people who 
in different areas who will hear that and be like, oh, wait, yes, okay, it's all right. That's awesome. It's on God's yeah. timing. Um, so you talked a little bit about pride, but, you know, trying to get things done in your own strength, which I resonate yeah. with. How did you develop a self-awareness to recognise that this wasn't working and it wasn't entirely of God's and then get the courage to actually address it and change your posture? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where I had to have a really hard conversation with myself. Um, you know, one of those things where you, you know, you need to admit some things to yourself that you you don't want to admit and you need to, you know, at some point realize, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the math. I've, I've been through all of these things and they continue to end the same way. And so I could just blame other people and pretend like everybody that I've ever experienced is the problem. Or, you know, I can kind of look internally and see like, okay, what should I be doing differently to try to avoid this? And, and I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful because I, because of the way that my family brought me up and had me in church and everything, I always knew that, you know, that God was there. Um, I did, I had this, this time in my, you know, in my middle teenage years where, um, I started to kind of become, you know, like hard-headed, rebellious, you know, like like a like a teenager would, <laughs> um, and and um, my family was there for me for sure. But I I really believe that to a teenager, and this is why I believe mentors are so important. I believe that to a teenager, there's a big difference between your family that you can talk to and a mentor that you can talk to. And I think the position that I was in with, you know, my, my grandpa being a pastor is, you know, the, the common mentors that you would have would say like, Oh no, you know, I, I, you, you kind of get overlooked because they assume like, Oh yeah, his family's all, all deep in church. They got it. And, but there's just some things that you would tell a mentor that you wouldn't tell your family. You know, it's just, there's that difference. And so, you know, to me, I felt like I was missing that. And so that kind of let that, that pridefulness develop a little bit of like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this on my own, me against the world, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, um, it wasn't until, you know, things started to really kind of reshape. And I had that opportunity to, you know, become a children's pastor and kind of like look into the next generation to see like, okay, hold on you can't be carrying this attitude because this is an attitude that the next generation is, you know, is walking into as well. And so you need to be, instead of, instead of being bitter about the people in your life that you didn't have, you need to realize what you wish you would have had. And you need to now be that person for this next generation. And so you need to, um, you know, you need to wake up and you have to, you know, stop being upset about what didn't happen. And you need to focus on what you can do differently to make that happen in another person's life. So come on, turn your lights on, shine from the hilltop, we'll break it. 
That was, I keep saying it, it was so good. I feel like I'm in the middle of a really good sermon. This is great. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. How do you guard yourself from pride now or from feeling like you have to do this alone in your own strength? Yeah, I, I, uh, I joke with myself a lot, you know, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things of like, you know, um, you, you joke with yourself, keep yourself humble and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's really what it comes down to is what you said, you know, guarding your heart, being hyper aware to just constantly checking yourself, you know, making sure that the, the big thing is, you know, I've, you know, I've been in ministry and before I was blessed to, you know, be in the music career, I was a fan of people who were in the music career, you know? And so I always, I always like to look at like, you know, what what are some things that I saw like from the outside looking in, you know, um, you know, just kind of, kind of trying to think from both sides of, you know, there's me and then there's the way that, you know, people perceive me. And, and the biggest thing that keeps me grounded, that keeps my heart guarded is making sure that I'm asking myself like, okay, so many people, and this is really big in the church. Um, sometimes, people will speak the name of God, but they will not love others as, as God calls them to, you know, um, they will not treat others as God calls them to. And so, you know, for me seeing that in church, it's not just in church, it's everywhere, but you know, you, when you, you grow up, you see that in the church and the church has a higher standard because, because we do speak the name of God. And so for me, it was one of those things of like, Hey, always, always guard yourself and always make sure that you are, you know, you're not only speaking the name, but if you're speaking the name, you better be living the name like twice as much because, you know, that's, and so that's, that's how I've really kind of kept myself, you know, mm-hmm. stay humble, you know, <laughs> stay yeah. humble, I guess, you know, keep, keep the good head on your shoulders is, you know, trying to remind yourself, you know, is, is the way that you're treating people, are you reflecting the things that you talk about or are you talking about one thing and living, you know, that's good. And, and treating people a completely different way? That's challenging, but that's really good. Um, it, is, it is challenging. <laughs> you, so you've talked about growing up in the church and yeah. as a pastor's kid, essentially, um, I, I was a PK for a very short time. Then my parents okay. were like leaders in the church, but I, there's a tendency for, kids who grew up in the church like us, they either become super involved in church growing up or they, as a generic rule, leave, become the black sheep of the family, maybe yeah, lose their faith, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. You've obviously, I don't want to, you, you obviously, you know Jesus, you're still in the church, you're serving, yes. you chose to become part of the Christian music industry, which is a big deal. Yes. Why did why do you choose to stay in the church knowing that you have seen like your whole life you've seen the good the bad the beauty the despair yes. in it why do yes. you choose to stay in the church because there is so much trying to tear us away from the church um but there is so much good and so much beauty like you said you you've seen the bad you've seen you you know you've seen the what people would call hypocrites you've seen the people turn away you've seen all of that but the beauty that comes out of an authentic Christ loving church. The beauty of that is incomparable. You can't find that anywhere else. The encouragement that you're going to get from a true church family that wants to see you, you know, succeed and grow the, the leadership that you're going to get from uh, a true pastor after God's heart, just the, the way that God is going to lift you up when you live 
under his will, you can't beat that anywhere else. And so I understand that, but I realize that not everybody understands that. And so the reason that I'm like, I want to be involved in ministry. I want to, you know, I want to not be ashamed of, you know, saying that I am a Christian this, and I want to use that influence is because, you know, there, like I said, when I started this, there's so much trying to pull people out of the church and there's so much that's succeeding in pulling people out of the church. And so if I can use what God has blessed me with, if I can use, you know, whether that's my heart, my, my servantship, my, um, my talents, my abilities, if I can use any of that to make people see that and say like, Oh, that dude's for real. Like, Oh, okay. So what, so what is church all about? So like, what do you think? Like if, if I could use any of that to, you know, pull people back into the church, then I want to do that. I want to make the church. I want to make God. I want to make Christianity. I want to make all of that as desirable as possible because I know that, like I said, the beauty of what the authentic church is far outweighs any kind of, any kind of um, hurt or anything that, um, that it could do otherwise. Yeah, y'all know what's up. Transform, sound questions these are questions that when you start growing your fan base they will say wait i need to ask sean b about this on the street or (laughs) i i'm just curious so yeah yeah number one what is your funniest moments at vbs oh my gosh okay i talked about it earlier (laughs) wooloo mooloo is hands down i will never forget that moment i mean I mean, I, I mean, we went all out, you know, <laughs> like I said, I, I know I did it earlier, but coming out, we called it kid venture and he's like, what's up kid venture. Who's ready to, you know, like that. Better Australian than I am. Nice going work. out. Right- <laughs> 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 um, that, that by far, that by far is the, the funniest moment. And, you know, in, it, it's the people, I mean, the characters that we created with the family that I had around me, you know, mm-hmm. so I was Wulu Mulu, the Australian tour guide. And my cousin was El Taco, the, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, um, uh, a friend of ours was, was Coco Puff, the rapper, like, you know, it was, it's, it's just, um, all of VBS was funny for me. Like there's no like, Oh, it's funny. Like even the planning meetings that we would have, you know, we're having more fun than the kids were probably having watching the skits. Cause they're like, Oh, that'd be hilarious. If blah, blah, blah. And we so plan cool. jokes in there for the parents too. like the parents are cracking. Up. And so it, it was just funny. It was fun all around. Um, yeah, that is great. <laughs> yeah. And actually it, it's the other funny piece of that is, it was probably, it was very soon into my wife and I's relationship when we had just started dating. 
um, I was telling her that, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leading this thing at the, I'm leading VBS at the church, you know, you, cause she was going to a different church at the time. I was like, yeah, you should come down and see it. It's our family night and it's going to be so cool. And so I invite her, I'm all pumped that she's coming because we're fresh dating and I'm like, cool. any opportunity to be around you, come on. And then I realize I'm in the back and I'm getting my, I'm getting my blonde wig on. <laughs> and that's what she knew. That's what she knew you was on. <laughs> she, she tells me that. She tells me that. She's like, that's, that's how I knew that you were special and but i'm always telling her like i'm in the back putting my costume on and i'm like wait a minute she's here <laughs> oh no <laughs> which which i guess was that she embraced me after that was also confirmation that she was the right one yes <laughs> you know? that is so, the best yeah yeah um, so great great vbs moment such a such an amazing part of my life for sure so brilliant <laughs> um so i'm assuming that because you grew up in the church you also grew up with veggie tales oh come on yep. yes yep. what is the best veggie tales silly song with larry Miren el pepino, bien como se mueve, <laughs> como un león. <laughs> Thank you. That was brilliant. I couldn't have asked for anything yeah. more. E- yeah. Easily, easily. When Larry starts dissing Bob at the end of that song and he's like, poor tomato, he can't dance. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. Like that, that's one of the skits. I appreciate VeggieTales so much because it's funny for the kids, but the older I got and understood what was happening, the funnier it got. And I'm like, oh man, they, that one was for the parents. That's awesome. And so, and so that, and then like, I was a big like Backstreet Boys in sync fan. And so when they did the belly button song Brilliant. and they totally like ripped mm-hmm. off the boy bands, I was yes. like, okay, that was, that was, a moment. that was good. Yeah, that was a moment, but that was like more of like a good song, you know, the, the best. Silly song with Larry was definitely the dance of the cucumber, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. I have a soft spot for Barbara Manatee. Oh uh, yes, it's just okay. utterly ridiculous. It's yes, but I, my I just love Larry. When that one came out, that Barbara Manatee was on King George and the Ducky. I remember that. I love Very that specifically. one. It's yes. the, most, the most King David and appropriate so, movie we've ever seen in our yes. lives. Yeah, exactly. It's still the duck and send him out to the pyro. That's, yeah, that's great. So, um, so, so that one came out on King George and the Ducky. And that, that was like, that was my favorite one for a little bit. And my grandma had, she had went on a vacation with my grandpa and they brought me back a manatee, like a stuffed manatee. And we named it Barbara. Well, um, obviously so, imagine yeah, naming I mean, it anything else. <laughs> like we veggie tales. I'm not joking you. Like my grandma has a veggie tales nativity scene. Like it, 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 I love it's your got grandma. A big, yes. It's got a huge piece in my life for sure. So it's awesome <laughs> that you that. brought that up. I love that. <laughs> well, uh, I've, my sister and I have named every, we haven't owned that many cars in fairness, but when we have owned cars, we always name them after VeggieTales characters. Oh so my, gosh, my first awesome. car was like a 1984 Toyota Corona P green. I, we named it Larry boy because obviously like the superhero, <laughs> yeah. Larry boy went to a very untimely end into an electric pole, but he was very heroic. <laughs> he was very heroic. The way that he would have wanted to go out. I definitely. mean, really, is there any other way? <laughs> uh, my last question for you, if you could go back to, let's say the time that you had that really serious conversation with yourself and said something isn't working here. What, what's the deal? Is it me? Is it God? Is it other people? What would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? 
Man, I would have said straighten up as fast as possible because God's got more than you can imagine coming for you. Um, you know, at, at that time in my life, if you had told me that I would be at this time in my life, I would, I would, you know, say like, oh, that'd be really cool. You know, oh, that's something that I'm praying for, but I don't know how much I would believe what you were telling me. And so, you know, for me to go back and tell myself something, it'd be like, you know, slap myself up and say, hey, dude, seriously, like, handle your business because like God has all of this for you. And the sooner you realize that, you know, you need to give over to what God wants, the sooner that journey can start to take place. And so, you know, it's one of those things now, like, you know, to end up in this position, you wouldn't, you wouldn't trade anything, you know, you would, you know, but if I had known sooner that this was going to be the end, you know, experience, it's like, man, I just, I I would have told myself like, God's got beyond what you could pray for. So, you know, so don't get discouraged, have hope and get yourself right. Okay, uh, I will forever be here for someone singing a silly song with Larry and and just doing it unironically and just sharing it with the world. I'm here for that and also anyone who knows who Barbara Manatee is. Thank you so much for that, Sean. That was so fun. So, so fun. Such a pleasure to have you on so early in your career. Um, thank you for holding yourself with such integrity, for answering so honestly, and I'm really excited to see what's up next for you. Thank you. Friends, you can connect with Sean B now. Go find him on Instagram now at Sean B Official. That's S-E-A-N-B-E Official. You will also find him at his website, Sean B Music, S-E-A-N-B-E Music.com. His latest single, Step Into My Story, is available now on all good platforms. You can find all his previous singles, including his EP as well on all platforms. Links are in the show notes. Make sure that you check them out and please let Sean know that you appreciate hearing his story. Make sure you follow his career. See what happens next. That is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much, friends, for joining me as we meet Sean B. It's so cool to welcome a new member to the family. And next week, oh, next week I have a wish list guest on the show. I have been wanting to interview Jonas Myron since before this podcast started. I knew that he was an incredible hit maker in the secular and Christian music industry. He co-wrote 10,000 Reasons. He's written for like Leona Lewis. He's sung with Andrea Bocelli. Bizarre otherworldly stuff, right? I got an email saying, Jessica, would you like to interview Jonas Myron about his new single, Mountain? To which I said, yes, please. I would love to do that. So next week you are hearing my interview with the one and only Jonas Myron. He is 
he's a delight. We chatted for so long. Um, he's just a good, good, solid guy who just loves and adores Jesus. It's a good episode. So make sure that you've hit subscribe on all whatever like place you listen to this podcast, hit subscribe so that as soon as the next episode drops, you hear it. It's it's good. He's such a great musician. You will love his music and his stories and his passion for Los Angeles uh, and the quote unquote secular industry is really cool. It's something different to the Between You and Me podcast, but very much needed. Okay, that's all for this week. Um, as I've said, I've covered subscribing. Oh, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Between You Me Pod. You can find us also online at Between You and Me Pod.com. Listen to all our previous episodes, all that fun stuff, and buy merch, you know, all that fun stuff. My name is Jessica Morris. I will see you next week for an episode with Jonas Myron. Here's to hope. I get it wrong more than I get it right No time machine to go back On my own, my ship is sinking fast No superpower to call on in the fight I'm not the hero like that On my own, my rocket's bound to crash Oh, I'm done looking for the water in the desert Cause every time it's leaving me dry I walk the world looking for something better I can't go back to the shore Next to you, got everything's full of gold mm. Oh, I'm done looking for the water in the desert Cause every time it's leaving me dry I want the world looking for